Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demister. All right, folks, as you hear my voice, we are very, very quickly approaching the start of the NFL season. We got two weeks away to the Chiefs take on the Lions in what should be a great game. The defending Super Bowl champs trying to defend their ring and their home field uh, against the up-and-coming Detroit Lions. That should be a good game. Dom, I can't believe it. We are two weeks away from NFL starting. We won't have any preseason to talk about or Madden to play or watching old NFL recaps of 2022. It's going to be the new stuff two weeks from today. Two weeks, baby. Two <laughs> weeks. It's going to go by so quick. We still got another preseason week to go. Let's get it started. For sure. Let's jump right into it, Dom. I got a cool uh, NFL Network uh, or NFL.com article here. And there was I watched, a, a, I'd say, two or three minutes of highlights of each game this weekend. I try and catch a little bit. Uh, tough to watch the entire game. But we talked about, and you specifically, Dom, you were high on running back of the Atlanta Falcons, but John Robinson uh, coming out of uh, Texas. And man, has he looked good so far. There was one series where he broke four tackles. Uh, he made a... Nice one-handed catch on a screen, a screen, a screen pass. You know, you often talk about guys that are overhyped, and this guy's been talked about a lot. And like people are saying, you know, if you have a like eighth or ninth pick in the draft, take him. If you're doing fantasy, he's going to be that valuable. But this is not a guy that's over talked about. You know, you could think of this he may fall under that trap. But so far, I know it's early, but he seems to be early on in this preseason. Everything the Falcons hoped he would be, and even more. Uh, he just fits in this offense so well he gels and like it's really hard to find a fault in this game and he's just smooth when he runs able to run guys over he has good hands and you just saw that in, in the few short series that he played this weekend uh and yeah anyway but john robinson dom looking as good as advertised 100 but john robinson baby this guy's got an extra gear that you need to have if you want to be a breakout running back in the nfl these atlanta falcons you know what? They are growing on me. Last year, we talked about how Arthur Smith was probably one of the best up-and-coming coach in the NFL. Having a guy like Bijan Robinson is going to make his life a lot easier. You know, I talked a lot about Tampa Bay going in this division and winning it all. But you know what? Atlanta is knocking out the door. And it will really depend on what Tampa Bay does with regards to their quarterback situation that will dictate whether or not they win this division. So keep an eye on Atlanta. Love what I saw with Bajon Robinson. I think Arthur Smith is building something nice in Atlanta and everybody should be on alert. I of uh, 100%. Um, not only that, you think about that they also the young guys that they do have on offense. Besides the running back, you got wide receiver Jake London, you got Kyle Pitts. And, you know, they're obviously uh, always uh, have the ability to to break any game wide open. So, yeah, I think like like we talked about, the division is kind of, you know, completely uh, wide open. And, uh, you know, what Desmond Ritter has looked at, you know, he's looked decent so far in this uh, in this preseason, completed passes that, uh, you know, it's uh, been pretty impressive. You know, he already seems to be heading in the right direction as opposed to where he was last season. Obviously, like it's early, it's preseason. We don't want to read too, too much into it. But yes, this Atlanta Falcons team can be scary. Um, and I watched a bit of the New York Giants preseason game, uh, just like the, the first driver too. And I would say like... Danny Jones, man, did he look good? He he, he hit Darren Waller. He for his first three passes were all attended to Waller. Uh, two of the first three of them were caught. One of them was a great play by the defender. But Waller seems to have a new type of energy and juice with this team. Every time we get a first down, he would make that first down signal. He seems to be happy where he's at right now. But more impressed than than Darren Waller, I was I was really impressed with Danny Dimes. He looked. Every bit of what the New York Giants paid him in this offseason, I think it was a lot. Look, like we talked about, we got to kind of hold the brakes to see if it's able to happen throughout a 17, 18-week season. But so far, he looked good, and I'm glad that he's using his new toy in Darren Waller, Dominic. You know what, William? I might be wrong with regards to this division, and I have to give kudos to Brian Dable because... His schemes are absolutely sick. I mean, when you could convince a guy like Gronkowski to say, hey, man, if there's one guy that I want to play for is Brian Dable, this guy's seen a lot of football. And trust me, the Giants, you know what? Even with Daniel Jones, boy, are they ever growing on me big time. You know, Dallas got a huge injury with Overshone during the preseason. He's out for the year. 
This division, I think, is going to be the hardest division to play in football this year. Definitely the Giants have the work cut out for them because they got to, you know, topple the Eagles. But boy, you're absolutely right. You know, Daniel Jones seems to be able to see the field. And when you got a guy like, Obviously, Waller, who is a beast in himself. You also got Jalen Hyatt, who got a huge touchdown in this game. Wide open. You couldn't get more open with Jalen Hyatt's speed. I am starting to be scared of those Giants. And God forbid, watch them win the division. This team is for real because they got Brian Dable and Brian Dable schemes. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, no one's a bigger Dable fan than you are. And he just uh, kind of that mastermind of what he's able to do on the on the offensive side. And yeah, this division too, you know, we talked about, when you think about this division, it's really a battle, in my opinion, between the Cowboys and the Eagles. But you never know, look, the Giants could come up and sneak up behind a few people. That's what they did last year. And they ended up making the playoffs and had a big, impressive win against the Vikings. So I've been, I brought up two, uh, two points so far, Dom. What has impressed you about this past weekend or maybe so far in the pre in uh, the preseason that you've seen, whether it's a, a QB battle, uh, a battle or just a, a team that you think that uh, based on what you've seen so far is going to impress uh, impress a few people well let's go right away to your miami dolphins i I'll like it you, i'll tell you something you know the dolphins might be you know not as good as people might think coming into this year because of the big injury in your secondary with king ramsey but you know what I saw that interception and I saw how the team rebounded off that first play yeah. of that preseason game. I know we we're just talking about preseason, mm -hmm. but I wanted to see the tempo. I wanted to see that Miami Dolphins offense and they delivered. That offense is definitely fast and quick. And when you got a super fast and quick offense, that means you might be throwing it on every single play. Look out for Miami. I think that offense, I was a bit concerned with your coach, but he doesn't look like he's lost a beat. You know, Mike McDaniel seems to be an up-and-coming coach in the NFL. If he continues that high-tempo offense, I think he could contend with any team in the NFL. So that's a huge plus for those Miami Dolphins. On the flip side of the coin, the team that's really got me worried, who we think that maybe, you know, on every week we talk about Denver. You know, you got me convinced on one point, Denver, <laughs> you know, they could obviously do it this year maybe. They got the plays and all that. I'll tell you something. Mm. On defense, you got me convinced. I like this defense. This defense is going to be very, very, very strong. They can compete with Kansas City just by with that defense alone. But on offense... I don't know. I think Sean Payton, you know, we might be throwing flowers at Sean Payton for all the stuff that he's done in New Orleans. I'm just not buying it, William, man. I'm looking at the mm -hmm. plays. You know, last week it took him four drives to get a touchdown. Yeah. They kept Russell Wilson on the field. I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to fit in this offense. I really don't. I think this might be the biggest bust. Well, there's been a few big busts, but this might be a big bust in Denver with Russell Wilson. So keep an eye on Denver. Those are the two kind of like asterisks that I've seen so far in the preseason. Miami actually running a really high tempo offense and Denver really underperforming. Well, I think to talk about Miami, first off, because I'm a big Dolphins fan, and I watched almost the entirety of that game, I think your analysis there was absolutely perfect in terms of the tempo, right? Miami likes to go with the up-tempo, and what they like to do is they like to catch defenses napping, and they kind of go that RPO play, and they hit like, it's such a weird and fascinating role. It's like this 12-yard hook that it hit over the middle, and they were able to do it after, like you said, the very first play of the game was an interception, and it was, it was a terrible read by Tua. He threw off his back foot. Uh, like I said, he, he didn't seem to read the field. He didn't the defender and it was just an ugly looking ball it was like that it was a very very poor interception but like you said they rebounded from that number one uh by going and scoring and getting a touchdown uh, and a great long a long drive after that but yes exactly it was the tempo they played at he was able to hit Perry kill a few times able to hit his running back he hit Durham Smythe on the third down so I think that was important as well like you mentioned uh, and I think that your analysis there was great and yeah and for Denver it, it the preseason game seemed very much reminiscent of what we saw last season from this team, unfortunately. And, you know, uh, with the, the loss of one of the receivers that is going to be injured for the season, one of the big three that I like to call them there, that could, you know, prove costing, especially in a division that's going to be as competitive as this one. And, you know, people say, don't forget about the Chargers, of course. And who knows what the Raiders are going to do now with Jimmy G. But 
the the way things are going, look, them. I mean, I have them as a sleeper bowl team, maybe even a, a wild card team, a sleeper wild card team. Um, but it, so far, like we said, it's preseason, but it hasn't looked um, it hasn't looked great so far. One team that has looked great and that has, is on a historic preseason rate are the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we talked about them last week and about what we see their ceiling could be and uh, what to, what's going to happen with Lamar this season after that contract. They go out and they get Jadavian Clowney. I even forgot he was a free agent. Talk about a guy that's been bouncing around from year to year and this guy was an absolute athletic freak coming out of uh, South Carolina and like I said he bounced around now lands a home in Baltimore it seems to be a very sexy destination now with now OBJ and the Clowney going there uh, what are your thoughts on the initial thoughts on Javian Clowney going to the Ravens in terms of fit and then we could talk about the contract and and the amount of money he's going to get a little afterwards when you add an extra pass rusher to any defense one as talented as Clowney some people might think he's a boss I think he's in between. If this guy's healthy, he can definitely, definitely play. So he's going to be surrounded also with wonderful defensive players on that defense. I don't think he's going to have to be the star. I think it's a great fit for Baltimore and that AFC North, another division that's extremely going to be very difficult to come out from. So Baltimore doing themselves a big service by getting clowny. I think so too. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great deal. And, uh, you know, it's not it's a one year deal, uh, worth 2.5 million could rise up to 6 million. Like, look, I, I think with contracts like that, it's you, you're going to, it's almost like a, a low risk, high reward type of thing. And I think that this guy, from the fact that he's gone from team to team, he's going to be motivated and excited to, to play with this Baltimore Ravens team. Uh, because look on, on defense and on offense, we know that, uh, that they got ballers on both sides. Um, a guy that I know you're not too high on Dom quarterback Malik Willis struggled in his preseason game uh, this weekend not completing many of his passes he did rush for 91 yards uh, in the game and just I've seen Malik Willis play and you know similar to other young quarterbacks he just doesn't seem to have uh command of the offense i guess is the term for lack of better terms he's he's kind of out there he seems to be hesitant and not what we've seen him doing college uh, i really think it's just a matter of time before willie Vi ends up taking uh, the starting quarterback job uh for uh for tennessee look obviously you got uh you know ryan ryan Tannehill out there and he's gonna be uh Tannehill will be the quarterback for the foreseeable future but if we're talking about like potential backup and who could steal Tannehill's job i think it's gonna be more of a more of Will Levi than it will be Malik Willis anytime soon at least yeah I think you're right with uh, regards to Malik Willis it's kind of a shame because he still rushed for 91 yards I don't know I think that this guy doesn't fit the Tennessee Titans game plan I mean you got Mm -hmm. Will Levi you got Tannehill and then you got Malik Willis Malik Willis just seems out of place in that offense I would trade him. Honestly, I would. Yeah. Malik Willis, maybe for a seventh round pick, take whatever you can get at this point. Trade Malik Willis. Maybe someone else could use him that has more of his skill set. But uh, I'm not too concerned with Tennessee. I think that right now this is Tannehill's team. As long as he doesn't get hurt, Tennessee should be fine. But uh, you're absolutely right. Malik Willis didn't have a great game. 10 for 17, 85 yards, one TD, one pick. Trade Malik Willis. See what you can get for him. Yeah, he missed he missed a few throws uh, in that game too. For for like we stick on Tennessee now for a little bit. Down they're an interesting team. They add one of the better weapons in the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins, and who I really think still has uh, you know a, a great future in the NFL. And you know I think that he um, is going to be extra motivated. We talk about guys who are going to be motivated. He's going to be one of them. And I know that you're fairly high on Tennessee. Do you think that you know with Tan Hill leading the charge, and I know you, they got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and you, you know got Derrick Henry, your boy, who was probably going to be staying, and we weren't so sure about that. I know you you really still believe that the that the kind of the ceiling for this team is up in the sky, where like you think that there have been teams that you know have kind of caught people by surprise, and you think the Tennessee team could be one of those teams. Am I correct? A hundred percent, William. And you know what, DeAndre Hopkins, we hate to kind of cheer for injuries, but. With Traylon Burks going down, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a machine in Tennessee. A machine. I know they like to play with their entire personnel. You're going to see Kyle Phillips get a couple passes here and there. And you got Westbrook, Ikahain. He'll grab a couple balls here and there. By the end of the day, it'll be DeAndre Hopkins as the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. And on top of that, we all know that this is Derrick Henry's team. He's a north-south runner. All you got to do is throw to DeAndre on third down. He will convert more third downs than not. Tennessee will be the real deal. I know a lot of people like Jacksonville this year, but I'm telling you, Mike Vrabel will have this team ready come week one in the NFL. 
That's going to be in, I believe, yeah, it's the Jaguars Titans in the first week. So that'll be a heck of a, an opening game, an opening statement for, for both teams there. And yes, DeAndre Hopkins will be the wide receiver one. And, you know, he should be the wide receiver one no matter where he is in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I think with Tannehill, he's going to be kind of that, you don't want to think of, the hop is a security blanket, but you kind of think of the deep ball and like go out there and, and moss a few guys. But yeah, I think third and seven, you know, like just in chain moving down, Tano's going to be looking to him. And, you know, why not rightfully so? They're going to stay ahead of the chains with their Henry running that football. Um, and I think that, the, the, you know, we talk about games to focus on in week one. I think that Tennessee and um, and Jackson will be a very, very uh, good one to, to keep close eye on, especially with a lot of the, uh, the games being uh, divisional matchups there. So I think that'll be uh, one of the, the key ones. And uh, yeah, early statement being able to be made by both teams so we'll see who comes up victorious in that like I said it earlier on the top of the show we got two weeks until the NFL kicks off can't wait for that my apologies folks the Jaguars are not playing the Titans in week one I knew it was an AFC South matchup it's the Jaguars and the Colts the Titans are actually playing playing the Saints and I think that'll actually be a big game to the Titans uh, Saints the point spreads are already up in that one you got the Saints favored by three and the Jags favored by three and a half against the Colts it'll be cool Dominic soon we'll be able to start picking games I'm already excited for that but yeah should be a big a big week nonetheless for the AFC South with the Jags and the Colts meeting up. Dom, let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers, specifically Kenny Pickett. I've been impressed with what I've seen so far with him in preseason. I want to throw it over to you to get the Pittsburgh Steelers insider analysis because we all know uh, you're the Steelers guy. So yeah, tell me your thoughts on the Steelers in preseason and specifically Kenny Pickett. You know, I've been 50-50 on this team. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. But what I saw last week against the Bills was the fastest Steelers team that I've seen in a very, very long time. So needless to say, I am extremely impressed with how Pittsburgh prepared at least last week to play Buffalo. It was something to see. That speed that they have on offense could be extremely deadly. I'm going to single out two players. Jalen Warren, yep. backup running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This guy has an extra gear, to say the least. And after that, you have Calvin Austin the third. Boy, did they ever pick up a jewel. If this guy doesn't get injured at any point during the season, this guy will be flying every single week for the Steelers. I am thoroughly impressed with both those players. If there's one guy who's still giving me a red flag, unfortunately, is the running back that we invested a big draft pick in, in Najee Harris. Najee Harris, unfortunately, still seems to be a bit too slow, and his inability to get off quick off the snap might be a red flag for the Steelers. But other than that, this team on defense, too, seems very fast. The growth of Kenny Pickett seems to be really, really good. I think this guy is able to process extremely quickly and enables him to deliver the ball out fast. And that's what you need to do in the NFL is get that ball out of your hands as quick as possible to be successful. And Pittsburgh, at least last week versus Buffalo, have shown to me that they're taking the proper steps moving forward and will probably contend for that division against a team like Cincinnati. So keep an eye on the Steelers. Right now, they look good. I don't like to boast too much about the Steelers. I tend to like them flying underneath the radar, but you cannot ignore the speed that they demonstrated last week. It was something to be seen. Well, Jalen Warren, like you talked about, Dom, right on cue, he had one carry for 62 yards. I think that's a pretty good yard uh, per average, 62 yards. Uh, <laughs> That was a very impressive run, actually. It flew by the defenders in there. Maybe we'll see, like you said, concerns for Najee Harris. Maybe we'll see a Jalen Warren-Harris similar to Pollard and Zeke situation there. And maybe Warren takes over. Maybe a little bit too premature for that. But yes, in that first drive, I saw Kenny Pickett. Like, it was, he, he went three or four, 43 yards a touchdown. And it was only, like, he threw four passes. But it was just something else. He just, he looked like there was a spark. He looked like there was something, like, vibrant about this offense with him in there. Um and not to say the other two quarterbacks didn't do a good job as well. Trubisky and, and Rudolph did statistically a, a good job with uh, with completing passes as well. But yeah, just pick it. And something about this team looked different. And playing a, a good pitch, uh, Buffalo Bills team, Dom, and nonetheless, is uh, Josh Allen was playing in this game. And he went 7 of 10, 64 yards. But he kind of seemed to struggle. And is the offense of the Bills wasn't what you would think it would be, um, considering that um, Josh Allen was playing in this game. So yeah, i got to say, very impressed with how the Steelers uh, played in that game. And specifically... 
Uh, we talk about uh, talking about Kenny Pickett, and uh, there was a few, yeah, other uh, other solid games that happened this weekend. We had uh, New England and uh, the Packers, twenty-one to seventeen. Unfortunately, there was a page player that went down, but all signs point to him uh, being okay and recovering. And um, Kansas City doing their thing, winning thirty-eight to ten against the Falcons. Excuse me, against the the Arizona Cardinals, and it was a lot of Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes like thing. Didn't really play all that much in the game, but it was Kansas City's offense exploiting the defense and scoring 38 points nothing new there for sure nothing new when you got pop mahomes the best quarterback in the nfl i was a bit concerned about the right receiver position coming into this year for kansas city but they picked up a beauty in rashi rice i think he will be a good receiver for them this year and kansas city seems to be able to find receivers left and right and it doesn't really matter if it's rusty rice it seems like there's always somebody open in that offense that's because they have andy reed and andy reed is one of the best schemers in the nfl i thought maybe there's gonna have also been a drop off with Bienemy going to Washington, but yeah. no, no, man. Andy Reid knows what he's doing in Kansas City, and I expect them to be the number one team right now in the AFC, but I expect them still to be obviously faced with a tougher challenge than ever before because that AFC is loaded this year. It is, and you got to think it's going to be even tougher just because of you know the the lack of I guess I can say big quote unquote big names in terms of receivers. Obviously, you got Kelsey with the tight end, but yeah, losing Juju Smith Schuster, I feel like maybe uh, a bigger bigger deal than than people anticipate. Uh, if we go at the other side though, with the Arizona Cardinals, it's pretty like it's if you told me you only knew Kyler Murray. Uh, at the in the quarterback room, and you were an average NFL fan. I wouldn't be surprised in the least. They got David Blow at quarterback. They got Jeff Driscoll. They got Colt McCoy, the the old Texas guy. It's it's gonna like to me. I'm so curious to see who's gonna end up starting for this Cardinals team because it doesn't look like Kyler Murray's gonna be ready. Obviously, we're starting soon, coming back from that that ACL injury, and it's like, what the heck are the Arizona Cardinals gonna do? And uh, uh, who would who would be your guess? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Colt McCoy because I think he's he's the veteran and he's shown that he could lead teams for a game or two, maybe during the season uh to, to go to win but i mean who the heck's going to be the starting quarterback for this cardinals team with kyler murray out you know it will be colt mccoy and i don't know if they're going to rush kyler murray back because at the end of the day this team still is missing a lot of pieces to be a contender in the nfl so i think they're going to not they're not going to rush kyler murray back we're going to see colt mccoy first and then we're going to see a heavy dose of James Conner from the very get-go. Hopefully he could stay healthy because sometimes he could be an injury-prone running back. But if he stays healthy, I like James Conner. I saw him for the beginning of his career in Pittsburgh. He's a stellar three-down back. He could sometimes surprise a lot of people with his ability to catch the ball and run the ball. So he will need to be the unsung hero for the Arizona Cardinals for at least the first five weeks of the season. I would expect Kyle Murray to be there at least by week six. And Colt McCoy, you know, at least he's got the experience. Right now, yeah. we can't really judge this, this blowout 38 to 10. I know that, you know, a lot of people will like to do that, but I still believe that you know, Arizona could still potentially shock a lot of people and play around 500 football this year. This team isn't as bad as it might seem. So don't be too quick to judge those Arizona Cardinals. They will surprise a few people out there. Really? I think that, you know, Dom, uh, you're, I'd say I'm wishful, kind of a guy that's a wishful thinker, but I think you're being a little bit wishful thinking there too with Arizona. It's possible. Maybe, maybe, but listen, they drafted the best right tackle in the NFL in Paris Johnson Jr. So at the very least, if the coach is smart, you can really depend on that defense to try to keep you in, in the football game and just pound the football. Let the clock keep ticking and let that offense uh, of your opponent, you know, on the sidelines if you get success in the running game. If they didn't draft that guy, William, I would agree 100% with you. This team will be the last, you know, last place in the NFL. But they drafted well, and you got to give credit to James Conner. Watch. I'm telling you, this guy's going to have a decent season, and he's going to turn a few heads in the NFL this year. Yeah, I like Connor. I like the the way he runs. It'll have to be, like you said, a heavy dose of that and their defense stepping up. Uh, keeping with the running backs, uh, the 
running back that probably shocked the most people last season was Josh Jacobs, just with the, the fact that he had a, an absolute monster year uh, after struggling the year before. And this Raiders look, this team looks new. They got Jimmy G now. And right now, Josh Jacobs is kind of nowhere to be seen with the, the season quickly approaching now two weeks away. How much of a concern do you think it is that Josh Jacobs right now, he seems to be holding out in terms of a, a contract negotiation issue. And I think that especially after the great year he had last year, you want to make sure you're able to replicate that and I just think right now I'm not taking sides here but it's just it's going to be tough for this Raiders team we just talked about how good this division is going to be and when you're missing I'd say your second best player on the team you got to give Devontae Adams the the nod at number one uh it's tough and I think that with the season he had last year my hope is that he's able to replicate it I've always liked Jacobs I loved his story coming out of Alabama but the fact that he you know he doesn't seem to be seen in his MIA uh, early in uh, in training campus is not a good sign for the Raiders especially with the fact that you go you get Jimmy G you want to have as many reps with your quarterback and running back uh people don't think that you know it's all about quarterback and receivers yes but when you have a new quarterback you want to make sure you got all the timing right uh even with the running back as well so hopefully he's going to come back soon because this can come back to to bite the Raiders in the butt if they don't get this figured out uh, anytime soon oh I agree with you William that Josh Jacobs deserves to be paid and deserves to be there week one in the NFL I've trashed the Las Vegas Raiders enough this year and I'm gonna stop doing it because for whatever reason this team is playing a little bit decent football. I know it's just preseason, but maybe we're completely wrong about the Raiders. Maybe that thing that they call continuity in the NFL, having guys that know each other well in Josh McDaniels. Is this a recipe for success? For me, I've obviously trashed it completely over the summer, saying how can Josh McDaniels only coach guys that he's familiar with? That's not a good coach. But I know it's preseason. We can't jump the gun on what we saw. But what we saw so far in the preseason from the Raiders is actually good. So, hey, what do I know? I'll give them three weeks in the NFL to see what they got and what they could put on the field. But so far, you know what? I got to stop trashing them because they're producing, they're winning football games. And as long as you win football games, that's all that counts in the NFL. Well, yeah, they are 2-0 in the preseason. They scored 34 points in both those games. Jimmy G playing in the, the latter, the second game, going 4-4 for 39 yards. So he hasn't played much, but uh, he has completed all four of his attempts in preseason so far. And look, let's just say Jacobs doesn't get the nod. Week one or isn't present or, you know, uh, things don't work out. Zamir White is a very good running back coming out of Georgia, nicknamed Zeus. And, you know, he had 10 carries for, for 40 yards this past weekend. I like him. He's a, one of those smaller backs, but he runs hard. He runs fierce. And this guy is, you know, you know, fun guy. He's not an easy guy to take down. And he's like one of those guys that loves the game of football. Like he's good to get dirty. He'll, he'll scratch and claw for an extra inch uh, if it means just an extra inch. So I think that potentially, I'm not going to compare this guy to Josh Jacobs. I love Jacobs, but maybe not the worst thing in the world that you have a backup like uh, Zamir White Dominic out of Georgia. Zamir White, a brand new card that basically could potentially do the exact same thing that Josh Jacobs has done for the Raiders. That's probably one of the bigger reasons we have not seen Josh Jacobs being signed is because a guy like Zamir White is just fresh, ready to go. He barely touched the ball last year. I should know I drafted him in my fantasy football <laughs> as a late sleeper, and I got to see absolutely nothing out of Zamir White. However, he's a north-south runner, and he could punch the ball in the end zone at the goal line. So you're absolutely right. Maybe they don't even need Josh Jacobs this year, which would be criminal, really criminal. A guy that led the league in rushing deserves to be paid. I, I still I'm flabbergasted that that hasn't happened yet. And we'll have to see whether or not Samir White can replicate the Josh Jacobs statistics because so far he seems to be off and running in Las Vegas. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. Look, and you know, this team likes to run the football. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy G is obviously a good quarterback, but he's always been in kind of a system I mean, with San Francisco that loves to, to run the football there. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Jacobs is not back. Does that change the play calling? Do they go more uh, pass pass heavy? Do they go more play action? Um, and, you know, what do they end up doing there? Uh, I've always, uh, you know, preseason my, my favorite thing to focus on is you know these young quarterbacks and the rookie quarterbacks especially there's been mixed reviews so far about the QBs I watch I'll talk about TJ Stroud first because I watched the Dolphins Texans game and there were signs like 
His stats weren't good, but he threw some very catchable balls that his receivers dropped. There was at least two of them that I remember. One of them was a very nice pass. He was going to tuck it and, and run. Saw a receiver open and threw it down the sideline. The receiver dropped it. There was another very catchable one. But so far, it's been a mixed bag. Uh, and man, it's in, you, you were the first one to point it out, but it's incredible how small uh, Bryce Young looks. Uh, he, he honestly looks like he's four feet tall, and it's it's incredible. Like he's, I consider myself tall, and he's like the same height as me. It's just incredible how big these NFL guys, uh, absolute uh, Goliaths out there. Uh, but it's been a mixed bag so far uh, to see C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And Anthony Richardson's looked fairly good, too. You could get get into him. Uh, what do you know? How, how much are you buying into this, Dom? Is it early? Is it, you know, is it jitters? Uh, is it also the fact that, you know, maybe these guys don't have the best stars around them? What are your early thoughts on, on the two uh, rookie QBs? Or I guess we could look at all of them at the same time if you want. Yeah, let's start. Well, my early take is obviously that it's extremely way too early to give any good grade on any of these rookie quarterbacks, I will say give them at least half the season. They could be terrible. Usually a quarterback out of the gate is terrible, but you don't want them to lose their confidence. And that's the million dollar question. Which one of these quarterbacks is more in a position to lose that confidence? And the number one guy I'm going to go off and, and kind of critique is Bryce Young. I don't think Bryce Young should be there week one. I just don't. I don't think that this guy has the muscle mass. We talked about how scrawny he is. But, you know, Carolina wanted to make a big splash from the get-go. They traded their best ride receiver to get this guy. And at the end of the day, they gambled. And it might be a huge loss. But, you know, they do have a decent coach in Frank Wright. And you can't read too much in preseason. Sometimes it could be like, okay, we've seen a bit of the offense. But sometimes it's just a bunch of kind of like, average plays here and there because teams don't want to sell the goods too early so let's not jump the gun on any of the rookie quarterbacks but if i had to knock one out it would be bryce young secondly you know you look at houston you got yourself cj strout had a pretty average you know week one of the preseason and now he had a so-so week two of the preseason i'm a lot more comfortable with CJ Stroud's size and his spiral than I am with Bryce Young. Bryce Young just, you know, he's going to have to be this perfect QB Houdini being able to feel the pressure in every direction. That was his skill set in college football. And I just don't know if it's going to translate to the NFL. When you got CJ Stroud, you know, he could play that play action play very well throughout the entire season and depend on Damian Pierce to be the kind of like bell cow in Houston. A lot more comfortable with CJ Stroud than Young. And then finally, you got yourself who I had pretty much pegged as the best QB in the draft in Anthony Richardson. To me, this guy's zip on the ball. We talked about it before. That's his specialty because if you're able to get the ball, with that much velocity, you're burning DBs. And in this new NFL, you know, you got to be able to be as quick as possible to get that ball to your wide receiver. And that's what Anthony Richardson can do. However, it's never accurate. In other words, the receivers need to be huge and have an immense catch radius in order to minimize Anthony Richardson's mistake. So let's see. He didn't play in this game. Let's see what he could do moving forward. But that's my number one. I think Anthony Richardson's abilities trump both those other QBs that we aforementioned. And I honestly think he's the guy that's going to be the steal of this draft, Anthony Richardson. Well, you know, Anthony Richardson is kind of paid as that guy. You know, he's the the most raw and the most like upside. Uh, just with his arm, they showed an incredible play on YouTube that he he threw like so nonchalant. He was like a sixty yard pass, and he was like jumping in the air, and he just makes throwing the football like easy, which is obviously uh, a huge plus when you're a quarterback, especially you know with the uh, the amount of deep shots that uh, these guys are, are going to be taking uh, in uh, in the the NFL and to keep defenses guessing. So yeah, that'll interesting to see what happens. Uh, I. I assume these guys will play a little bit more in their final preseason game. You, you want to get them ready. Uh, but it's been interesting. We've seen a lot of guys not take the field yet, uh, like starting quarterbacks. And I think that, you know, now come week uh, week three into to preseason, now with the third and final preseason game, we should be able to see, uh, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers supposed to make his start, Dak Prescott. Uh, curious to see how these guys play. I'm more like more curious to see Dak Prescott, especially uh, after the season he had last year. But yeah, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to start uh, last 
last week he didn't end up starting. He's going to be playing against the the Giants this Saturday in their in their final preseason game. I think it's going to be big to monitor. Um, and I'm not going to make a, a huge deal out of it, but I I think for what I want to see primarily is Rogers and his attitude with this with young receivers. And if they don't click, what happens? I don't expect them to go out there and go you know ten for ten with uh, two touchdowns and you know over 150 passing yards. But I want to see how his attitude is and how his leadership is with the team because look, we talked about it. He chose to join the Jets, right? The Jets wanted him. He wanted the Jets as well. So right now it seems to be a match made in heaven. But I'm really curious to see how that first quarter or second quarter or however long Aaron Rodgers plays, how it goes for Rodgers against the Giants in his uh, in his first action with the, the New York Jets in, in real football and not training camp. Yeah, we've we both know that Aaron Rodgers' attitude is his biggest detriment, right? His inability to keep his cool sometimes is horrible for his game. So hence bring Alan Lazard, somebody that he's comfortable with, and bring old man Randall Cobb, another guy that he's comfortable with. Now, you can't be using these guys left and right constantly because you have Garrett Wilson as the number one wide receiver in this roster. And if Garrett Wilson can find the rapport with Aaron Rodgers, this team is going to be absolutely dynamite. And from what I saw from Garrett Wilson last year, there shouldn't be a reason why this guy doesn't show up considering the quarterback play that he's already seen, which was terrible last year. So I have a feeling we're going to see Garrett Wilson become a star in the NFL. I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers landed in the perfect spot with an unbelievable offensive line that's going to be able to be a run football team first and it'll be up to Aaron Rodgers to find the guys in the end zone when he gets in that red zone because he will consistently be in that red zone will he find the guys open that will be the million dollar question and that will be where you're going to see Aaron Rodgers get frustrated is if he can't get those TDs through his arm in the red zone so keep an eye on that I think you're absolutely right he deserves to get at least an opportunity in the preseason to showcase what kind of chemistry that he has with his players. And I think that's what we're going to see. He's going to hit that chemistry right out of the gate and the Jets will be competitive. Yeah, I, I think that he, he needs to, you know, it's look, it's only it's it's only preseason and you know who knows what we're gonna see this that and the other thing and but i really do think it's important for you know guys to to go out there and to especially especially uh you know with a new team i'm, I'm surprised rogers didn't at least play a little bit in his first game uh or I should say there's their second preseason game i would like to see him play you know two games maybe a half in each or a quarter in one and a half in the other but like i guess like you, you know you always want to avoid injury uh at all costs and and hopefully that he's able to complete the game injury free but yes there's a lot of like quarterbacks i'd say that and starting guys i'm really looking forward to seeing this uh this upcoming weekend and how they play and for me that's it you know it used to be week four in the preseason now there's only three weeks it's really really important to see how these guys go how long they play and you know just knowing the system i think that's you know that's something that we forget in football we think they go out there and you know they kind of just go out and play and all oh, this guy's not good this guy's not really in the field well a lot of it's a system right and talking about fit and that's something that you mentioned a lot dom is fit and you know you think and, and so do i that rogers will be a good fit for the jets so we'll see uh these quarterbacks taking their first reps with their new teams and how that fit uh seems to 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 play on and uh yeah if they're able to uh, to make work with their new squad so dom something we haven't talked about much this offseason but is now the time is cooking and the time is ready fantasy football we got a lot of fantasy football players out there i know you are i know i am myself i'm gonna be playing in two fantasy leagues this year I want to get your consensus. Who's the number one pick this year? And do you think there's a sleeper? I guess by yourself, I think for me, I'm going to go. If you're unbiased, my number one pick is going to be Justin Jefferson. However, this year, if Tyreek Hill is available, I'm taking him. I'm going to be a biased Dolphins fan. Even if I have the number one pick, I'm taking Tyreek Hill. I just really want him after what I saw last season. Um out of uh yeah out of uh, Miami and, and how how that sweet stuff uh operated with him and Tua who's your number one overall pick Dom that's a tough question but if I had to do it it has to be Christian McCaffrey mm. I just think that San Francisco has probably the best system in the NFL I've seen their preseason I saw Brock Purdy this week I think they found themselves their franchise quarterback with Brock Purdy. This guy can run the system in San Francisco so well. And the way that they do their schemes will benefit Christian McCaffrey. He might even have a career year. That's the guy to take in fantasy, Christian McCaffrey. 
Wow, I like that. Don. If you can stay healthy, he's uh, surely uh, one of the top picks. For a sleeper pick, I'm going to go wide receiver. You mentioned last uh, last week or the week before, Tank Dell out of Houston. I love what I've seen with him so far. Uh, he's looked good. He's looked quick. He's looked agile. And yeah, for a young wide receiver, he seems to be fitting this Houston, Texas office quite well. So yeah, keep an eye on for Tank Dell people. And if you're picking you have the number one pick, take Tyree Kill. Those are my two guys. What about you, Dom? Well, we talked about one of them just earlier, which was Garrett Wilson. I think that this guy will have a breakout year with Aaron Rodgers. I said, if he could play that well last year with horrible QBs, I think that Aaron Rodgers will make him look unbelievably good. I could be wrong here. The ball might be spread across in New York, but that would work as a detriment uh, for that franchise. They have to feed the ball to Garrett Wilson. I think he will maybe even be the number one ride receiver in this league. I know that's talking him up way high, but I believe in him. I think that this guy is the real deal, and I believe in those Jets this year. Yeah, I like it. Um, no one said you weren't bold. And I love your boldness. I, I forgot to text you. I was getting, I read an article, uh, magazine, and I I love looking at predictions. And I flipped all the way to the prediction page. I think it was it wasn't from Sports Illustrated. It was from one of those fantasy sites. And they had the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, which was no surprise. But they had them facing the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And I looked at like coaches' predictions and everything. They had DK Metcalf as Offensive Player of the Year and Pete Carroll as Coach of the Year, and the Seahawks making it to the Super Bowl. And I want to text you to get your thoughts on it. But now that I have you live on there, I'll get your thoughts right now. I don't know if there was a Seattle writer or a Seahawks fan, but this writer was very high on the Seahawks. And look, I like the Seahawks. And if I just don't see Geno Smith in the Super Bowl anytime soon. He proved me wrong last year in terms of being able to lead a team to the playoffs. But I think Super Bowl could be a bit of a stretch for the Seahawks team, Dom. What do you think? It's tough. It really is tough. And you nailed it. It really comes down to whether or not Geno Smith could lead them there. I mean, the quarterback is so heavily involved. I don't care how many running backs you might have in your stable. It really goes through the quarterback first and foremost. However, with a guy like Pete Carroll, who's seen it all, I think they got at least a head coach that could get them there. I really do think there is a chance Seattle could be in the Super Bowl. They would have had to hit a home run with Jackson Smith Enigma. This yeah. guy, apparently, a lot of people are comparing him to Wes Welker and his ability to get off the ball and get into the slot extremely quick. If they got some Wes Welker material, trust me, that's going to make DK Metcalf on the play action that much open. So, Gino, can you do it again? Can you basically drink from the fountain of youth and get? <laughs> Seattle to the Super Bowl. Call me crazy, but this is not a crazy take. This team is definitely going to compete. It'll be up to them to beat San Francisco because those two teams right now are extremely likely to represent the NFC somewhere in the Super Bowl or at least in the NFC championship. Wow, I like that. Good stuff. It kind of leads into my next question. You're talking about look the the AFC. Uh, you could you pick pick several favorites there. I think we got to go with Kansas State just because of defending Super Bowl champions. We can get into that a little bit later on or, or on the next show. Talk about NFC. A lot of, you know, the, the Eagles look different than they did last year, right? Losing a, a lot of starters. And I'm not sure people realize that. And, you know, Miles Sanders is a fairly big loss. If if you're asking me, uh, one, to pick the favorite right now to represent the NFC, for me, as you just mentioned, mentioned them, it's the 49ers. And I don't know how they do it year in and year out with different quarterbacks, with, you know, quarterbacks that aren't putting up crazy numbers with mystery relevant and stuff like that. And they always seem to be very relevant uh, and always in the Super Bowl push. So if, if I'm talking about... A contender Dom, or I should more say specifically, the number one favorite to make it to the Super Bowl in the NFC. For me, I'm going to go San Francisco 49ers on that one. And you can't go wrong. You really yeah. can't go wrong. This team, from top to bottom, it really comes down to their ability to utilize their draft picks properly. They hired the right guy in Kyle Shanahan, who's unfortunately for some a horrible coach, and for others, a genius. So he's an in-between guy. And he's an in-between guy because he sometimes makes it about him rather than the players. And what I mean by that is that 
It's the calls that he does in critical situation, which will decide a football game. He will take that onus. And sometimes I think it's too much. Sometimes you just got to let the players dictate the end result of a football game. Sure, they have to execute whatever play that, that is given, but it's the type of plays that Kyle Shanahan might do in critical circumstance that might actually sink his own ship. So we saw the debacle with the Atlanta Falcons when he was the offensive coordinator there. We saw how horrible that was. And at the end of the day, that will go down as the craziest comeback in NFL history. And Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for those Falcons. So let's see. I mean, he still has that monkey on his back. And until he takes it off, he's got to win a Super Bowl. But I'll tell you something. They're doing a great job by being a consistent team, always competitive in San Francisco. Let's hope for them this year they can get over the top with a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's, he's huge, really the heart and soul of that team. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come down to obviously a guy like like Brock Purdy is one. You talk about Shannon being uh, the the offensive minded coach that he is. I'm really curious to see Brock Purdy because right we see the battle between him and Trey Lance. And it looks like Brock Purdy is gonna get the starting job now. What do you do with Trey Lance? Do you trade him? Do you keep him? Is it you know kind of like other situations we've seen in the NFL where you got two good quarterbacks, you want to get something from the second, so you go and you ship him off to another team to get something in return. But yeah, we we like look Brock Purdy was a great story. And I think you know, there's a little bit more pressure on this guy than I think we're willing to uh, to admit because yes, he was Mr. Irrelevant and you know he had a great year. And obviously coming into the NFL, there was zero pressure on him. But now that he's made a name for himself and that the Cinderella story was you know incredible and he came out just short to, you know in winning a Super Bowl, but still uh, was was uh, probably the story of the season last year. If you had to pick one story, is I'm curious because he's going to have to have a similar type of year. And, and I know that like I just said, San Francisco is able to do it with any any type of QB um, and able to to be relevant but i'm really curious to see what we get out of brock i don't think he's you know obviously he's he's not settling on what he did last year it's a completely new year um and uh, you know it's i think he's going to win the qb battle and it'll be very interesting to see what he's going to be able to do in the first few weeks and how much of a leash does he get right because we have we really seen the real brock purdy yet i think it's going to be a big question in in answering right like we've seen him have great games we've seen him win playoff games but i think the question dom to, to be answered is like it was the Brock Purdy we saw from last year. Is that the real Brock Purdy? I think that's a question that needs to be addressed. It is. I really do believe it is. Brock Purdy is a very calm quarterback and he can run this system so well. It really comes down to that is that the system plays so well in Brock Purdy's skill set with that outstanding offensive line with Trent Williams leading the way to protect his blind side. This guy is set up for success. It's not like a guy coming in and having to be the star like Bryce Young, for example. He's got not a great offensive line so far in Carolina. So he needs to be right out of the gate, all about him and his success. He doesn't have a great, talented team. Granted, they picked up Miles Sanders and, you know, Adam Thielen. But at the end of the day, that's not the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers have Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, and Brendan Ayuk, who is an extremely underrated receiver in the NFL. So they're loaded in San Francisco. And that's not even talking about the defense yet. So I'm telling you, Brock Purdy will be fine in San Francisco. And I think they really did find themselves their franchise quarterback with the last pick of last year's draft. As crazy as that sounds, hey, it is possible. We saw Kurt Warner do something crazy in his career. I think this is the next coming of something crazy like Kurt Warner, but this time it's going to be the Brock Purdy story. Yeah, honestly, it's uh, it's hard to uh, to disagree with that. It's it's an incredible story. It's one that we you know we we all root for the guy, a very likable guy. And he, the first thing you said that stuck out to me was that he's very calm, right? And he definitely is uh, that uh, that calm quarterback. So, you know, I've spoken, spoken to 49ers fans, and they said like not to you know toot his horn too much, but they does he does remind them of Joe Montana, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So that's uh, a very very uh, you know big uh, big step there for Brock Purdy. Cool, I actually got. Uh, on my phone right now, I got a little bit of breaking news, Dominic. Just 14 minutes ago, announced on the score. Uh, we talked about running backs today, so why not? We talked about the Colts a little bit too. Uh, the Colts grant uh, 
Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, permission to seek a trade. Um, and, you know, there's been rumblings about Jonathan Taylor and, you know, him not being necessarily happy with the Indianapolis Colts. But now they grant him the permission to seek a trade. And, you know, we talked about the Ursay and everything that's going on there, Dom. And uh, you, we both and I were very, uh, you know, passionate about what we were saying. And I think that you hit it out of the park in talking about Ursay. But, yeah, now this just a few minutes ago, uh, breaking news that Colts, yeah, grant uh, Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Does this change things? How do you th- see this panning out? I think that, you know, it was a little bit quiet these last few days or maybe a week or so. But uh, I think we may be seeing uh, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in football out of Indianapolis sooner than we expected. I'm shell-shocked. I really am. I think, what angle you want to approach this from? You want to, ang- the first angle is that what a boneheaded move by the National Football League to have devalued the running back position. This would have never happened, first of all, if the running back position was devalued as much as the NFL and the boneheaded organizations across the NFL have decided to all copy each other by devaluing the running back position. That's first and foremost. Are they done? No, they're not done because they have Anthony Richardson and the guy could run the football like any other great quarterbacks that can run the football. So they're lucky they got him. But this comes down to Jim Israe having lost the respect of Jonathan Taylor. It's that simple. He's basically telling him, the hell with you. I yeah. don't want to play anymore for this franchise. Get me out the door. I don't care how much I'm going to get paid. I'm clearly going to get paid a lot less probably than I would have got here. So it's a huge risk for Jonathan Taylor to do this. I don't even know who's going to pick him up, but right now he's positioned himself to be obviously taking a huge, huge, huge pay cut. And a guy like Josh Jacobs that we talked about at the top of the show, maybe they're trying to band themselves together Mm -hmm. and really showcase to the NFL that this is not the way to do business. But unfortunately, it might be a losing recipe because it might be just the way the business is being conducted today in the NFL. Somebody has to bite the bullet, and it looks like the running backs are. I am pissed off, to say the least. And unfortunately for the Colts fans out there, you guys are going to have to pray that Anthony Richardson becomes an absolute Cam Newton type of star for them because that's the type of player they will need out of the gate in Indy. Well, I was just going to say, this puts a lot of pressure right now on Anthony Richardson, man. It's like, if he's going to be seeking a trade, and let's say he doesn't get a trade by the start of the season, what's going to happen with that? Is he going to be on the bench? And let's say he doesn't get a trade and he comes back to the team week four, week five. You're a young quarterback and you want to have all the places uh, in tap. And, you know, having uh, one, of, one of the best running backs in football behind you, you know, you can hand him the, the rock uh, is, is very comforting. And he doesn't look like he's going to have this comfort now. Curious to see. I'm, I'm sure there's going to, his phone, his agent's phone is going to have to hook right now because there's a plenty plenty of teams uh that, that need a running back and with a guy like jonathan taylor only 24 years old uh really the people the number one overall pick in most drafts uh last year and the year before and most fantasy drafts so yeah like that i really didn't think that the colts uh were gonna I don't want to say break, you know, they bent, bent. I didn't think that that was going to go on for a little bit longer. But yeah, Colts, uh, breaking a little bit of breaking news, kind of a fun way to, to end the show. And it'll be interesting to see maybe by the end of uh, end of uh, next week and heading for our next show, we'll see you in a different uniform. Uh, there's a lot of contending teams like we talked about. The Bills, uh, maybe not the Jets anymore. You got, you got the, oh, we can never count out the Chiefs. Uh, if he wants to win, uh, win a ring, I think, look, Jonathan Taylor is going to want to go to a team uh, that's Super Bowl contender, right? You know, the Colts, not to say that necessarily weren't but they're more in that quote-unquote rebuilding year um so it'll be it'll be very interesting to see i don't think he's gonna i think this is gonna get done fairly soon and i could see him uh, ending the team like buffalo or kansas city within the next few days honestly i could really see it happening that quickly Folks, thanks for tuning in. That was a cool and fun way, a little unique way to end the show. A little bit of breaking news there out of the uh, the running back market there for Jonathan Taylor. But yes, we got two weeks until the start of the NFL season. I can't believe it. Dom can't, he cannot believe it either. But yes, thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place. And at that point, there'll be one week before kickoff. So hopefully you tune in for that. And we'll be giving our, our special on everything and our predictions. All right, thanks again. You were listening to CJLO, 69 AM in Montreal.